you could look at, well, how often is a particular activity that we're supposed to do not been marked as not required or been skipped? But I think you're going to find very rarely it's not done. I think the process encourages people to get done. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But it, it's really a, a driving a tick in the box mentality rather than a thinking mentality. So you got to be careful how you do that. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me again. Hope you're all doing well out there. I want to talk a little bit today about a a challenge, I don't want to quite call it a failure, but in, in many ways it could be a failure, but it's certainly a challenge that I see organizations make when they try to take an innovation process and digitize it and put it into software. And, you know, one of the, one of the, the examples is, is where they might have phases of work to be done. And in those phases, there are a lot of activities that need to be done and they model it as phases and activities with no, no real linkage of the documentation that's being done. So whether you call those activities, to-do items, no matter what your terminology is, I've seen implementations where there are only to-do items. So you might have four or five phases of work, and in each phase you have this long list of, it could be 20, 30, I've seen it be 50 things that need to be done. And I've seen it where uh, there's a few of those sprinkled in, a few key things to be done, but most of it is is about uh, documenting and capturing the, the key deliverables uh, for the for the project and for decision making and for reuse. And then I've seen it where there's no checklist items as well. So there are benefits to having these 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 checklist items, these to do items in the process for sure. Even if you only had checklist items. So you were one of the former examples that I gave where, where there was no documentation captured, only a status of these are the things we need to do. Have we done them? Yes or no. I, I, and I can see some of the benefits. There are even portfolio benefits, right? So you're trying to make decisions and you want to know, did we do the work we needed to do? And you want to roll up maybe from a portfolio level and look at what kind of progress are we making? And are there certain things that we say we're going to do that we never do. I actually think it's highly unlikely because I think the activity approach encourages teams to to get from no to yes. Uh, nobody wants to say, no, we didn't do it. Maybe, maybe you can do a not required status. And from a portfolio standpoint, you could look at, well, how often is a particular activity that we're supposed to do not been marked as not required or been skipped. But I think you're going to find very rarely it's not done. I think the process encourages people to get done. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But it, it's really a, a driving a tick in the box mentality rather than a thinking mentality. So you got to be careful how you do that. Some of the problems I see is you don't capture the knowledge. You know, when you're when you're capturing work product in there, such as market assessments, technology assessments, financial assessments, scores, scorecards, those kind of things. When you capture the data and the knowledge, you preserve that for forever. And if you don't capture it, you can't learn. You can't learn from the past. You can't go back and look at something you did and try to make an assessment of the quality of, of a documentation that was created or the, the awareness that was in that documentation and understand exactly how 
it related to decisions that were were made back then. And you can't reuse it. So you can't go back and say, you know what, I'm doing a new project and I want to I want to go look at the market assessment we did some years ago on something similar to just see what we thought back then, what we learned and knew back then. Now, now maybe you've got the documents elsewhere and they're disconnected from your innovation management system. Well, you know, that's difficult because where are they? And suppose you find them. Are they, they lack the context. Uh, they lack that direct connection to when in the process they were created and, and for what projects they were. And it can be very difficult to align those kind of things. And the fact that it's a separate system can bring some interesting challenges from an IT standpoint, because you've got one system, a system of record of work that was done, and you've got a different system, a system of record of the actual work itself. And do you back those up together? Do you, how do you keep those in sync? Uh, what if you get rid of one system and not another? Yeah, they're just not packaged together, and they really should be. And then there's the, the 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 guidance that you can provide people on how and why to do the work behind each of these items that are in your checklist, right? So you've got these items that need to be done, but we're, we really need to guide teams on how to do them. And so a lot of organizations use a template to guide their teams on how to do it. Well, where's the latest template? It's in another system. I've got to go find it. Is this the latest one? Maybe I have it on my hard drive. Well, but that was the template from two years ago. It's no longer the right template to be using. So you get a lot of mistakes made just because of that. And, you know, when you've got a big, long list of things to do, a system can appear hard to use. It looks daunting to the users. Again, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say, well, let's do this one and let's not do that one. Uh, this particular initiative, we don't really need to do this checklist item. Uh, so, so I caution of, of having too many of those. And are you really fostering cross-collaboration among different representatives inside the business? Cross-functional collaboration is, is really a hallmark of innovation, and you've got to make sure you're enabling that. And by simply having a, a checklist that says something needs to be done, you're not even sure who you should be working with to do that. And those people don't have access to what your thoughts are and what, uh, behind that item. So it's difficult for information to be shared. And, you know, it can slow things down and make it complex. You know, as I said, is every item required? Uh, we have to do every one of these. You'll find teams that will look at a particular item and say, you know, we don't have to do it, but let's just mark it as complete as anyway. Yeah, because it's not really required, but we'll mark it, mark it as complete. And... By doing that, you're not even able to capture the relevance of, of any of those items. I'm going to contrast that to a deliverable, let's say a market assessment, where inside the market assessment, you might capture this market assessment was not done for these reasons, and then you state the reasons. So now all of a sudden you have context behind it. You have, a, you have knowledge that was, that was captured for all time. So when you look back at an initiative from three, four, five years ago, and you see the market analysis was not done, you know why it's not done. So even the act of not doing something should be captured from a knowledge and reuse standpoint. Another one is how do you assess the quality of the work that was done, right? So if you have, an, uh, if you have a gate decision-making process where you're trying to make a decision to, to invest or, or take the next level of investment, one of the things you want to do is to assess the quality of the work. 
So it's one thing to look at a checklist of 30 items and say we've done them all, but it's a different thing to be able to review key outputs of those 30 items, such as a market assessment document, and really review that, read that, understand, do we really understand our market? Why do we think that we're going to be successful as part of a decision-making process? So again, very important that you, you have that information available. Now you could say, oh, that's in another system, but again, the people who are making this, the decision, probably working in your innovation management system, would need to go find and track down that other information in another system, and that could be very hard to do. So, so when do checklist items make sense? Well, you know, I think they make sense for sure. Important items that you want to make sure are done and are not forgotten, especially if you've had failure because there are certain things that just we always forget or we forget to do or we, we don't do it consistently and we want to have we want to make sure we're doing it across uh, all our initiatives so that would be a great example of a, of, a, of an item an activity or a checklist item or, or whatever your to-do item whatever label you want to put on it certainly regulatory items right the whole regulatory process can be very arduous and there may not be a lot of documentation you're going to capture about it but the fact that you've got to make sure you do the regulatory steps that are required if you're in such an industry. Now, if you're in industries that are where you need to be able to go back in time and be able to do certifications, then I think you need a lot more than just a checklist item. You want to store the documentation. So when you're audited, somebody can go back and say, yes, this is the information we have and here it is. It's version managed. It can't be deleted. It's controlled. So, so the regulatory is a bit of a, a two-edged sword that way, but I can see the need for being able to, for sure, state to the team, this needs to go through a regulatory process and let me know when you're done. I want to know that you've done that and you've been successful at it. So regulatory can play both ways there, but certainly having activity items there can be helpful. Now, I've seen companies take an approach of, you know what, but we don't really know what the templates and documentation are that we need as part of our, our process. So let's just start with the checklist and we'll get a system up in place that's that's driven with, with just lists of things to do and later on we'll expand it. Okay, but be careful with that because the users of your system are going to immediately form an opinion of how that system works when they start using it. And some, from out of the gate, they're going to see it as a a system that's just a list of things to be done. It doesn't help me do the work. It doesn't help me collaborate with my peers. And then that will be their, their perception of that system. And it's pretty tough to change that perception later on. And you'll find that some people are going to look at it and say, I don't get a lot of value out of this. It's just me, me, me ticking off boxes to say that I've done this work. And they're going to have that opinion and they're never going to be, it's hard to give them more value later on because they've already formed that opinion. And then you gotta ask yourself, will we have time later on to expand it? We said we're gonna do this, you know, to get out of the gate, we're gonna have our process documented with the process steps, and, and, and later on we'll, we'll enhance it with the ability to capture knowledge, templates, deliverables, those kind of things. Does that time ever come? You know, we get all so busy that it's, it's hard to, uh, to do that and go back and, you know, now if you had, let's say 30 items in a particular phase of work, are you gonna add now five deliverables and now it's 35 items? I would caution against that. 
if it's going to be the five items, which of the 30 uh, go away. And it's just a, it's a, it's, it can be tricky for users to work through uh, that kind of change in, as, as you're changing the system. And you might have to retrain people on process. Again, it's not that it can't be done. There's just considerations to think about. So really, it was just a chance for me to share something I've been observing that happens once in a while, not very often, and for just to be careful of it, be mindful of it. I can understand the need to get something going, get something organized quickly when you don't necessarily have templates and, and, and documentation guidelines and things like that for the work to be done. So I can see, I can see the rationale for it. But just uh, be careful. And I hope this session has given you some things to think about as you take that approach so that you, you can kind of think a little bit longer term and, and roll it out in, in a good way. And uh, thanks for letting me share my thoughts. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.